You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Now, Amy Porterfield hardly needs an introduction. She was one of the first online entrepreneurs I followed when I started out and has been in this industry for over 14 years. She's the host of the brilliant podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. I'm really excited to chat with her today. Okay, so Amy, thank you for being here with me today and for having a chat about your new book. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've got so many questions to ask you because you were one of the first people that when I came online five years ago, five and a half years ago, you were one of the first people I followed. Do you know all of your, your, it wasn't really the podcast then, you were doing lives and things like that then that I was following. And that's what got me started. And obviously from then to now, it's been six years and, and we've and as a company made 12 million in those those oh times. Oh my gosh, congrats. Thank you. But we wouldn't have done that unless we came across people like you who showed what's possible. And I think it's so important that we show what's possible. So I'm excited for this book that you have out because that shows even more people what's possible. Now, my book comes out, I think, two weeks before your book. So we've been doing congrats. the same thing. Thank you. And I mean, I found the process difficult. So tell us, first of all, why you decided to write the book now? Um, Because you've been in business a while. Why was this the right time? You know, I've been thinking about writing a book for years and years and years, but I just didn't feel ready. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, I decided this is the book that I wish I had. Like I started working with my students in new ways and thought, This is the stuff I would want to tell someone who's just starting out, just getting going as an entrepreneur, all the mistakes I made, all the different uh, strategies that I tried that worked or that didn't work. And also the mindset shifts you need to make when you go from employee to being your own boss. So I felt like I was finally ready to share all of that, the good, bad, and ugly. And so I knew it was time. And I love the title, the the two weeks notice. You can tell exactly what the book is about straight away. So how did you find it actually writing it? So did you give yourself like, right, I'm going to write a thousand words a day or how did you go about doing it? So what I did is I wrote every single morning, Monday through Thursday, and I would give myself about two hours really early in the morning, like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. And the reason I had to do that is I didn't realize that writing a book will disrupt your entire business. Can you attest to that? I can attest to that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I had no idea. So I thought, wait a second, I'm running a business. I still need to make money in this business. I've got a team, you know, I've got all the things. 
And so I had to find a little pocket of time. So I did that for a very long time. I didn't say how many pages I needed to write every morning. I would just write. I knew when I had to finish these chapters due to my deadlines, but I would just write every morning. And then I realized, wait a second, this is not enough time. I started coming up (laughs) on the deadline. And so then it was like, clear my calendar. I need to get this done. I have to tell you, it was very difficult to write the book. I'm not a natural writer. I'm a slow writer. And it was vulnerable to tell stories that I had never told before. And just like, oh, should I really put this in there? And every time I had that feeling, I thought, yes, I need to put this in there. So it, it was a difficult experience, but one that I'm so glad I did. Yeah, you're so right about the vulnerability of it because you don't think about that when you're writing it, but you have to put some of you into it. Like it can't just be like a manual. There has to be you and the things that have happened to you. And that can be really hard because we don't tell those stories a lot. And some of it, you know, some of mine went back to childhood, like things that I remembered. Um, And that can be really tricky. So one of the things that I always think is you've been in this industry a long time. You're what I call an old timer, not in age. But in, <laughs> Watch it, girl. <laughs> in, in time that you've been in the industry and you must have seen so many things change. And like when people were leaving their nine to fives when you started, do you see how different it is now? Like when people are thinking of leaving their nine to fives to come online, it's such an industry that's not saturated because I don't believe in saturation, but that's now established in its own right. Do you think that makes a difference when people are leaving their nine to fives now? Such a great question. So I left my last nine to five 14 years ago. And when I left my nine to five and wanted to start an online business, what was very different is I didn't see many women doing what I wanted to do. And so I would look around and all I saw was these guys doing it. And back in the day, we called it bro marketing because it was very different than how most women would want to market their businesses. And that's really all I knew. That's what I learned in the very beginning. And so Coming into it now, my students who read my book, quit their nine to five, start an online business. First of all, a lot of them are women and they are seeing themselves in other women. So many more women have gotten into the space and dare I say, been amazing leaders, like even more so than some of the men. And I love to see that. That's exactly what we need. Another thing though, is that the strategies and the the funnels and the email marketing and the webinars are much more developed and pronounced than they were, let's say 14, 15 years ago when I was coming on. It felt like the wild west back in the day where today it's very clear what works. And that's what I put in this book. Like here are the steps to take to start from scratch where before it felt like mm, everyone was trying something, throwing spaghetti on the wall and we'll see. I think we have more proven strategies that we can teach now. We definitely do. It's like you guys tested everything for us. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And it was crazy. It was so, I was so confused most of the time. That was another reason why I wrote the book. I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I had come from the online space in my nine to five job. So I felt like I knew some things, but it was still very overwhelming and confusing. So I thought if I could help someone coming on the scene, not make all the mistakes I made, please, that would be my life's mission. So, yeah. yeah, and what a great reason for writing it, like to, to give somebody those steps. Now, you are, we have some common friends like Laura Belgray and Selena Sue. Um, have you found that being in this industry has helped you make more friends who are like you or have you lost friends, mm. you know, because of it? 
So I have lost some friends along the way. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and whether they, we don't agree with each other's online marketing strategies, that's something like in the last few years, people are, have very polarizing opinions about what works and doesn't work. And I'm a sensitive girl. So that breaks my heart all the way through if, if the relationships that I built in my business don't all of them last. Now, I'm just talking about a few, but I like to be really honest that, yeah, as you grow your business, as you start kind of putting a stake in the ground, this is what I stand for, this is what I do, not everyone's going to love that. And that's something that I've really had to understand and kind of navigate. But at the same time, much more on the other side, I have gained beautiful friendships, women that get me, they understand my drive, my desire, my passion to do what I'm doing. And I think that is so important. I have two girlfriends that every single day we voice text each other. What are you doing? How's business going? What's working? What's not working? We talk about life, love, business, all of that, but they're in the industry so they get it. And that has been so valuable to me. So the relationships I've built far exceed any that I've lost along the way, but I think that's life. It, it kind of goes with the territory. I think it is life, especially being so public. I think that's always going to happen. And guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, I really want those business friends and I haven't found them yet. It takes time, I think. Um, you know, it's taken me probably five years to find like my my people. So don't worry if you're, you're not there yet because it can take time. Oh, um, such a good point. One of the things that you talked about there is how you're quite sensitive. One of the things that I think you write about in your book is about how to deal with like the negativity you might get and the challenges that you might get being public and being online and starting your own business. I've obviously had quite a lot of that. I think all of us do at some point and I haven't handled it well. I was one of those people that felt I had to defend myself all the time. But when I've been watching you, I don't think you do that. I think you've been really good and dignified and just staying away from it all. How have you navigated that? Because that's what I'd like to do, but I can't quite do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely think it has to do with uh, different personalities. I am not super opinionated, which is not a good thing all the time. I wish I kind of was a little bit more vocal and opinionated. It's just not my style. And also, I do choose my battles. And a lot of the things that I've decided to stand up for or speak up for might be behind the scenes where I literally call the person one-on-one. -on -one. I've, I've been known to do that many times. When I see an issue, when I see a problem, I, I hope that I can get on the phone with someone and they could hear me and hear my heart. It's important because there's a value in my company that we lead with compassion. You never know what somebody's going through. And so leading with compassion, even if we don't agree with them, is how we're going to work it out. Now, it's not always the easiest thing. Sometimes I do want to scream and yell and be like, this isn't fair. or You don't understand me. But I just know it's not going to get my end result, whatever it is that, you know, I'm working toward. But I will say this, I learned pretty early on that I can't be for everybody. And, and it's never gotten easier, but it is an understanding I have. In the book, you're right, I write about this where um, someone had said all these negative comments about me online. I read them, I was crushed. I called up my girlfriend, Jasmine Starr, and I said, they're saying this and, and I didn't mean it like that. And the only thing she said was, you ain't for everyone, boo. And when I heard that, I thought, Oh, I have to remember that it's a lesson I've taken every single season in my business, but I will tell you, uh, it's not always easy for me to navigate those things and inward, they kind of kill me sometimes, but then I, I work with a coach and I work with a therapist 
And that has helped me immensely. Yeah, I now work with a coach on those things so that I don't go, I don't, you're right about the choosing battles bit. I was not very good at doing that, but I think it comes with practice and it comes with seeing other people navigating it really well and me thinking, how are they doing this so well? Um, (laughs) So yeah, like I'm getting there. And I think everyone is a work in progress, aren't they? And that's okay. So guys, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, God, I really need to stop getting involved. Again, it takes time. All of these things do. We're learning as we go along. Yeah. One of the things that you're known for is having an email list and having a really good email list. It's something that I didn't do in the first year. And, you know, it was all a Facebook girl. And then I was like, I need an email list. And I can't believe how important it is now. Huge. Huge. Okay. So let's talk about that. Let's Uh, talk about that. (laughs) So I too, I think the most common mistake most people make when they're starting a business is they do not focus on the email list. I spent two years not focused on it. Then I did my very first launch. I made $267 when I thought I would make $100,000. So I was devastated. I told myself I wasn't cut out to be an entrepreneur. And I, I really, really struggled. But I told myself, I'm not going back to my nine to five job. I'm figuring this out. And the way I figured it out was to start focusing on my email list. So an email will convert four times better than any social media post. And what I tell my students is that when you only grow your business on social media, growing Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it might be, you are literally growing a business on rented land. You do not own that. Elon Musk buys Twitter, changes the rules, and boom, your business can change. So I love social media and I use it daily, but it's not what I bank on. What I bank on is my email list. I use social media and a lot of other things to grow my email list. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. Last year, do you remember when Facebook and Instagram went down? Yeah. It it was like, (laughs) went black. It felt like the world had ended. Like, is anyone alive out there? And so that morning, it was a total coincidence. I had sent an email to a tiny segment of my list to talk about a product I had had for years, but reminding them I had it if they wanted to check it out. That day, we made thousands and thousands of dollars when Facebook and Instagram were black. If I had relied on them to sell this product, I would have made zero. And so it just reminded me of the power of email. You want both, but you want to prioritize your email list. Yeah, it's massive. And we changed over and we used to just be Facebook. And now our email list is the biggest thing. And that's what we concentrate on. And we've done it organically up to now, but we are going to start using ads and doing it that way. But it's been it's it's been really obvious, especially I think in the last year, so many things have been going down. And yeah, like you say about Twitter, and there's always these kind of rumors around Facebook might start charging and all of this kind of stuff so it's really important that we own our own email list and we own our own not not people but people that we can sell to right Um, it's so important so let's talk team so you've always been somebody that I've looked up to on how you deal with your team you've always had a team and you always look like you're having fun and I think that's really important in business and we have my team is is nine people now and we do four days a week we don't do the fifth and nice in January, I'm taking them away on holiday. I've seen you do similar things. And I think it's really important. How easy has it been? Because it looks easy from the outside. And I think sometimes <laughs> it's not. Um, to get One this of team. the most difficult things I do as an owner of a business is hire and fire and figure out the team thing. It has been a struggle. And, I, you know, early on when I started to be an entrepreneur, a mentor told me, 
80 to 90% of being an entrepreneur is troubleshooting and working out challenges, putting fires out. And I thought that does not sound so much fun. But at the same time, I got in it and I thought, oh, I get it. Like I have to be a master troubleshooter. Every day there's something going on in my business I have to solve. The team thing is a big one. And so I've had some definitely misses along the way. I hired too quickly. You know, the adage is hire slowly, fire fast. Yes, I've hired too quickly. I've gotten people on the team instantly known they're not a good fit. But then because I'm sensitive, I feel bad that I brought them on. So let's see if we can make it work. Then I make both of our lives miserable. And so that definitely hasn't worked out. Uh, I recently um, made a hire that I realized I I had good intentions and I thought this was going to work and it wasn't going to work, but we communicated throughout the whole thing. So when we decided we were going to part ways, it was mutual and it was an understanding. And that's what I've learned radical candor. It's actually a book that I love, but we subscribe to it in my business where we have to have the hard conversations. When things aren't working out, we don't wait to talk about it. We document all of this stuff as a mutual respect to the employee in the business. And that has changed everything. So having the hard conversations has allowed me to build a really thriving team. You're right. We have fun. We do what you do, a four-day work week. We take a vacation every year. It's, It's a really beautiful thing, but Make no mistake, I have learned it the hard way. (laughs) I think it's the difference, isn't it, between becoming a CEO. So you can have a business and you can run your business, but then at some point you become the CEO. And I think that changes things and and you have to start doing the things that aren't as fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so you've done quite a lot. Like in the 14 years that you've been doing this, you've already achieved so much. So, and there are still things on your list that you're like, I still have ambitions to do this, this or this, or how does it change as you start achieving all of these things and becoming so well known? You know, one of the things for me personally that I've seen where I want to go in growth is that as I get older in this industry, I don't necessarily need to be the face of the business forever. I want this business to thrive and grow, but I also think I don't need to be the only one teaching. I don't need to be the only one being the face. And so recently in the business, we added a done with you program where we have one-on-one coaches helping people create digital courses in 90 days. Very different than me selling a digital course or getting on video and teaching live or anything like that. I do none of the coaching. I've trained coaches, but I don't do the coaching. And that's something that's an evolution in my business. And so when people start to create businesses, it typically revolves around that one person. And usually you're the one person in the team, you don't even have support. But as the team grows, and something I wish I did earlier on is to look for talent in my team and ask myself, could that person maybe do this training? Or could we collaborate on something together? Because I think that you keep your business small when you're the only person that can deliver everything. You're the bottleneck, right? (laughs) Totally. Yes. I became the bottleneck. And so that's something that we're looking to scale and, and move beyond. And I would like to kind of step away and be able to be more of the visionary versus in the weeds. And because I wrote this book, because I'm marketing this book, I feel very in the weeds right now. But once the book comes out and once we kind of the dust settles, I really do believe that my team's going to take a bigger part in doing some of this. And I'm excited about it. That's really cool because it still means you have a vision for, oh, yes. for further growth, which I think is, is great to know. Even, you know, no matter where you get to, you still have that, don't you? Yes, and, for sure. 
And talking about no matter where you get to, some I asked my audience what they wanted to know. And this question came up. At this point, do you ever still get imposter syndrome? Oh, all the time. I'm so glad you asked this question because I want everyone to hear. 14 years in, multi, multi-million dollar business, so many amazing, beautiful opportunities in my life and business. And there's moments that I look around and think, oh, I'm not doing this well enough. Or... I've lost my touch here, or that person's doing it better. It still happens and it always can happen quickly when I'm looking at Instagram or something like that. But here's the difference with my first year of business versus now my 14th. I have the thought, I catch it quickly. I remind myself that I do not believe everything I think and I give equal airtime to the opposite of that. So if I'm thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough. Wait a second, I just wrote a book. I'm marketing a book while running a business and I have a team of 20 people. I'm pretty sure I'm doing enough and I'm going to put my head down and get the work done. So yes, I still have those moments, but I catch them more quickly and I can flip them right away. I don't live there anymore. Where the first two years of building this business, I lived in imposter syndrome and it slowed me down and it made it very difficult. So you don't have to wait 14 years to catch it quickly. I just learned it, unfortunately, a little bit later in life. So learn from Amy and start catching yes. this now. I, I think you're right. I think you always have it. I think it doesn't go away. And it's the exact right. answer I give my audience. It, you're always going to feel a bit like that. I'm getting used to, to not taking those thoughts in and deciding that actually they might not necessarily be true. They right. might just be there. Like I can push them away again and carry on. But it's kind of nice to know that you still have that because it means that other people that have it, they know that actually it's okay to feel like that every now and again, um, as long as you know how to deal with it. And that's about doing that inner work on yourself, isn't it? It's so true. Last night, real quick, I was watching TV with my husband and and I had um, a thought that really didn't serve me about something. And I shared it with him. I'm like, my first thought about this was X, Y, Z. And he said, you cannot be responsible for your first thought. You're responsible for your first action. And I thought, oh, that because I can tend to beat myself up. Like, why did I think that? Or why am I feeling this way? It's like, no, no, no. Focus on the action you're going to take from this. And I thought that was really valuable in all areas of my life. But you're not responsible for your first thought. You could change it quickly. Yeah. And what a great quote. You're not yeah. responsible for your first thought, but your first action. Like, yes. <laughs> we need to attribute that to him and put it everywhere. Yes. Thank you, Hobie. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes. Amazing. Thank you for talking to me today. Tell us when your book is out when we can buy it. Thank you. It's February 21st, 2023. And twoweeksnoticebook.com is all the details and the bonuses and all that good stuff. So twoweeksnoticebook.com. And thank you for doing this. I so appreciate it. Congratulations on your book. You and thank I know you. what this is all about now. Like we're in it. So I just send all the love and good vibes your way as well. No, oh, thanks a lot, Amy. It's been so great to talk to you. We will put that link in the notes so that you guys can go and grab the book and look at all the information about it. Look forward to reading it myself. And I will be seeing you over there on the internet. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you would like to get your hands on my brand new book that's coming soon, then you can pre-order now and get lots of juicy bonuses. All you need to do is go to makemoneyonlinebook.co.